Hi Mark. How are you? Very well, thank you. Yourself? Good to see you. Good to be sat this close to you. Yeah. You it's actually a bit awkward, isn't yeah. it? Like just <laughs> looking at each other. I kind of feel like I want to look at the camera or something. Well, yeah, you wanted this because I was just quite happy with sitting around on the sofas looking at the cameras, but you wanted to get us on the table sitting, looking yeah. at each other's eyes. Quite like it. Dim lighting. I think it's good. Yeah, I, I like it. It's so this, in this episode, so we're back for episode two of season two. Yeah. And the first episode we discussed SEO and its implications in franchising. Had some really good feedback from that. Today we're talking about print media. We traditional are. marketing, I suppose. <laughs> Last time I asked you to define SEO on the on the on the cuff. <laughs> so so I think you should define oh. print uh, come on. This is gonna become an ongoing thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Be that so the print media yeah. uh, is any sort of marketing activity that is printed onto any substrate. I learned that at Fast Signs. Yeah. Not a sponsor. Can be a sponsor if you want to be. John, if you're listening. This is two episodes in a row where we've had Fast Signs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, well, I think we're talking about print advertising here as in publications, aren't we? Print publication advertising. I magazines. Think that's magazines, um, etc. But yeah, I suppose print in a wider format could be anything which is printed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't have a definition myself, so we'll just go oh. with that. But but today, I suppose we're talking about printed publications within the franchise sector, but maybe traditional marketing channels in general a little bit as well. And uh, when you think of printed publications in franchising, there's only one guy I ever think of, Richard Davies from yeah. uh, What Franchise? Global Franchise, who we will uh, interview later in the show with some really good insights. But, I mean, I, I remember, I studied marketing, and when I first studied marketing i was thinking back on this the internet was around but it wasn't really a marketing channel so a lot of what i kind of grew up with when i first started thinking of marketing was much more traditional marketing forms you're a bit younger than me so what yeah. like what's your experience of of print publications uh so i still have like a magazine subscription i get every month i will take my <coughs> magazine with me and listen to it and read it on the train which is something that um richard talks about in the interview um so yeah like what is as and when i've got times so if i'm traveling uh, and not driving because that would be bad uh but yeah um growing up i think we're not that there's not that much of an age gap between me and you like you're 83 and i'm born in 89 <laughs> all right you're, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're born in 1983 yeah and i'm 89 so it's not that much no, no. Like, as i was starting secondary school so like 11, 12, like at turn of the century, that's when like the internet, and I became aware of the internet and stuff like that and how, how it all worked. Um, but yeah, like growing up, uh, yeah, sort of TV and print everywhere, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think what's interesting with print in the franchise sector, especially when you're looking at franchise recruitment, the one thing about franchise recruitment marketing is that there isn't endless channels you can advertise and promote your franchise offering. Um, if you look at digital, yes, of course, you've got the portals, you've got, you could run Google ads, you can run social media ads. If you're looking at non-digital, then actually print is a massive part of it where there's print franchise publications. You can obviously advertise your mm -hmm. franchise in there's franchise shows, but outside of that, I don't, there isn't, there isn't an endless kind of place you can. And I, I think interestingly, 
we always talk about kind of fishing in the pond of people who are already looking at franchising. Print, and we, we go through this in the interview, actually opens up and can potentially help people discover franchising as well. So I think it holds a really important place in, in how people can discover franchising and also how they can discover your your franchise opportunity. Because um, there aren't that many channels around when it comes to recruiting yeah, franchises. Yeah, like I said, like, there was like print and TV growing up. I think TV would be like wildly expensive and like you probably wouldn't get a great return on it because it'd be like a massive scattergun approach. And I don't think there's like many TV channels that you can like guarantee there would be people that are interested in franchising watching. No, no, and it, it's difficult for that reason. I think I think the thing is with print, my, my experience of it. I mean, definitively, although I suppose digital marketing is my background area within marketing, if I had one. But the one thing I see time and time again in marketing, and, and is definitely true, is that the most successful businesses are the ones that do a bit of everything when it comes to marketing yeah. that don't rely on one channel that are not just kind of pigeonholed saying well we're just running digital or we get everything from google ads because actually all of those different channels benefit each other um and and what you find is that companies that do lots of print advertising they end up generating more online leads because more people find them in print than find them online and i think what print has a hard job of and has had a hard job of over recent years certainly since kind of digital's you know, become such a thing is that it's much harder to attribute the inquiries you get from print. So from from digital, you can run Google Ads and you can say, well, I've I've had this many clicks, and I've had this can many conversions. It, yeah. You can literally track it, but with print, you can't. So you you're never quite sure. And and I think that's unfortunate for print. And I think sometimes um, people don't realise that the imp- what the interest you generate with print and being out there in publications probably often comes through as digital leads and it's not until you turn it yeah, off or do it that you realize that it's generating that awareness that comes through the other way and i think that's why as many activities as you can run together is always going to have the biggest impact so is there not a way where you can have like a print ad and it's got like a phone number on it and you know that phone number is only used on the print ad? yeah of course you can but how many people are likely to pick up the else? phone for yeah. well how many people will pick up the phone now from from an advert you could put a different url in there yeah. but but the reality is now people are pretty lazy and to to get to the information they want nine times out of ten they'll just go to google so they see an ad for coconut franchise in a in a print publication they're probably not going to call us they're probably not going to type in this long url we put at the bottom they're just going to go to google and put coconut franchise so that interest generated in print is instantly coming through probably on your metrics as a google lead yeah. if that makes sense and I think, I think that's one of the things, the attribution around it, it is really difficult. So we're going to go to the interview with Richard from What Franchise and Global Franchise to talk about his history and experience in franchising and also hopefully to give you some value around print advertising in franchising. So Richard, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, I don't know if you want to briefly, inter- I'm sure everyone watching has knows you anyway, um, but I don't know if you want to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Richard Davis. Uh, I'm the director for the commercial division of franchising for DC Thompson. Previously, Acefield, as you would remember, making money, what franchise global. Uh, I've also been the past chair for the affiliate uh, for the BFA, and I currently sit on two international franchise associations committee, one for membership and one for international representation worldwide. Um, Been around in franchising 23 years, and most of you will know me as Dickie, and I'm one of those individuals that just sleeps and breathes franchising and talks about collaboration and working with everybody to to enhance the profile 
So I'm really passionate and I'm really looking forward to being part of this conversation today. Cool. So obviously, so that 23 years in, in franchising, has that been working in print through the, through the whole time? Yeah, it has. I started uh, not knowing what franchising was, advertising sales, and then I went on a journey and then began to learn and embrace and understand. And I did some franchise recruitment. It wasn't my, it wasn't my cup of tea. Um, and I prefer to be on the supplier side, working with everybody to help elevate their brands and their growth. And there was a lot of uh, different areas of uh, challenges in those times. We, we've been through two recessions and we're probably heading into a third recession. But franchising's changed. And I think the way we approach it has changed. And what happened back in the early 2000s is different to what happens now. And it's about how we, we adapt to that and evolve as a community. It's really interesting, actually, like just just on that, because I don't think there's probably many people in, in the franchise sector that have been through one recession, <laughs> let alone two. Like what 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 were the patterns that you saw over those recessions? Because I, I think most people talk about recessions being quite a, a positive thing for franchise recruitment, potentially. But what, what did you learn for, over those times? Well, obviously, the first one, I was very, very young, still didn't really understand franchising. And it was just like that selling advertising, generating leads. And it was about getting as many leads as possible. Well, we know that that buyer behavior has changed and that mindset's moved on quite significantly in that period. But it's the way we adapt. And I think there's lessons we learned in that period that franchisors will adapt and move forward. It's about consistency. There is a lot of people out there and it's about the tone and the message that you're putting out there about the opportunities that are available and matching their needs to to the, the solutions that you can offer as a franchisor to get them involved in your growth and within your network. Um, it is going to be more targeted. There is going to be a more, more data-driven decisions. But it's, it's, it's franchising thrives in a recession. I know it's tough for the, local, the, the economy and the cost of living right now. Um, and it's going to be seen interesting to see how this recession challenges compared to previous especially as we're still coming out from covid and there's still a level of confidence out there that's not actually aware of what's going on and really sure what to do going forward yeah i i think that's the thing isn't it because i i I think that taking in the recession out it feels like there's a kind of should be a boom time coming for franchising just in people looking to change careers after covid and stuff where people at the moment possibly are kind of still sitting on their hands a bit because they want to see what's going to happen and there's still a bit of uncertainty around. Um, but it, it does feel like it's coming. It does feel like something's going to shift soon and there's going to be like a really good good moment for franchising in the UK. Yeah, and I, I think people are still not sure what they want to do. Working from home, everybody's like, well, we're comfortable. More companies are trying to encourage more people back into the offices. But people are really not sure where they want to go and what they want to do right now. And we're still we're heading into the summer. So obviously with holidays coming on as well, that's obviously going to play a part. But I think we've had really two good successful shows this year. Um, and that, that sets the standard going forward. And hopefully we can we can build on that momentum. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Let's uh, let's hope that's the case. The um, how how over the 23 years has kind of print changed over that time um it obviously that that is kind of a long period i'm just thinking back that would have been kind of pre all the digital activity that people would do like yeah. what, how has print kind of changed in franchising over over that period i think it's changed a lot i mean we used to have a lot of magazines in the uk and especially worldwide there used to be a lot but you've seen a lot of uh, publications disappear 
um, because they haven't been able to adapt or things have been out of their control on the, the way they've moved forward. It's about how you evolve and keep ahead of the trends that are coming and also it's about the delivery. I think distribution is really, really key. You can print thousands of copies and just plant them everywhere, but is that the right audience back in the early 2000s? Yes, it was because it was a numbers game. But now it has to be a bit more targeted on who do you profile? Who are you looking for? What are your, what are your clients um, targeting? Is it certain locations? Is it certain profiles? Is it, is it certain sectors? And you have to adapt and move stuff around. And I think we, we are in a really lucky place with the acquisition by DC Thompson. As I said, DC Thompson started in publishing in 1905, first publisher on Fleet Street and now the last publisher. And we've got 82 magazines and we're adapting into a digital transformation. But print is a very big part of our business, especially with the newspapers and especially in franchising. And we've made some certain big adaptions, but it's about the quality of the content and also the delivery of the message that you get out there. Um, and, you know, they, you've got, in fairness, you've still got business franchise for the show. Great magazine. It's been around for a long time. And it's great to see that still going and, and uh, servicing the industry from a show perspective. Um, but, you know, I think we've got to change. We've got to evolve. And it's about what do we do now going forward? So we we are looking ahead where we're going to be in 18 months, where we're going to be in two years. And we're having serious meetings about how we continue the delivery. Yes, we want to we want to build subscriptions. We want to improve the paywalls on our digital website with data pots. So there's a lot more moving to digital. But print, in my view, still has a, a big important play because not everybody knows about franchising. And I think we know that from previous and from our conversations with clients across the board. So how do we educate the opportunities that are available? People are traveling to airports. People are traveling on trains. People are going into corporate offices unhappy, sitting at a desk reading a magazine. People are going to the gyms. It's a little way of engaging, but it's about how do you engage them and that's about the messaging and making sure that content is really, really strong because you have to generate that interest to build that intent to get that engagement. Yeah, totally. I mean, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, especially here in the UK, it's that what what is it that sparks someone's interest in franchise or how do they become aware of franchising? And, and we all know that once they become aware and they commit to becoming a franchisee, it's, it's probably one of the best decisions most people make if they're looking to start a business. But there isn't enough things that kind of spark that interest, is there, um, no. of, of kind of getting people into it? So, so like your, your magazine's distributed across so many different places, which must, you know, must really help that. It does, and we continue to listen to feedback from clients. Where do you want it? Where are you looking? What is your kind of audience? And that is trying to understand who is our audience. And the question is, why do we do it? Not how or what. It's all about the why and what can we do differently to evolve to service that client's needs into different markets. We talk about communities. We talk about audiences. And that's really played a big key part in our distribution in the last 12 months, especially a after COVID, um, and we are we're still learning. You know, we will make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. No one's got the perfect solution, but it's a mixture. And I I strongly recommend across everybody I talk to, you need a mixture of everything. You know, print, digital. You know, I I, I recommend our competitors because I think it's a different reader as well at the same time. But your message has to be unique. Your message has to be creating a unique identity. What is your unique USP? Why do you stand out above your competitor? What are you doing? 
case studies are a great way, but I think we, we need to probe more into content and journalism, you know, of why they're investing, what made them change, where did they discover franchising? Because education is the way forward, and it's great to see the association really taking that as one of their big key remits for going forward. Um, and we're, we are passionate about it. Adam, you and the team are passionate about it. We're passionate about it. Not enough people know about franchising. We all think everybody knows about franchising, but we don't see that. You know, and we, we get every website portal gets a lot of leads. But when you look at the quality, it's about qualifying them earlier. And if they had more information available to them and more resources, then they'd be better prepared to go on that journey for the franchise or. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I think you're 100 percent right. And I mean, so interestingly, obviously, the, your global publication and all the work that you guys do internationally, you, you see all these international markets as well. Like how, how does the UK compare to, I mean, we all look at the US as like the kind of, um, I suppose the, the, the place to look at for franchising. Like how does it compare? Like it, is education more of a thing in the US? Do more people aware it, of franchising? It's, like? it's a home of franchising, isn't it? Franchise centric. Everywhere you go, there's a franchise. Everybody talks about franchises, you know? I mean, the US is worth $880 billion a year in revenue in franchising. Um, it's just it's every every day there's a new franchise launching. US leads by example, and obviously as you you know we fall three four years behind and we're playing catch up. But we're we're on the par with Australia, we're on the par with Canada, New Zealand, and growth markets. Europe's still very very quiet, and obviously we know Germany's going into recession. But you don't really see much in Europe at the moment. Um, the Paris show's got new organisers and it'll be interesting to see how that goes next year. But the UK, is, I think, is in a really strong place. It's buoyant. The, the association, the members, the way they are working and collaborating and, the, and the, the events that the BFA lay on really brings everybody together because it is a community. And that's the key. If we're going to grow the UK market, then everybody needs to be working together and having the same passion and be aligned to deliver the message. You know, it's really, really key that collaboration is really above the number one forte going forward, in my view. Um, you see that a lot around the world, everybody working for each other. And you will get a lot of advice and sharing ideas and you're sharing experiences. Um, and it's interesting to see the, the different markets from the way they are going right now. The, the key markets, obviously, is UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand for the next two years. That's where we see the growth going forward. Um, and we work very closely with all the associations. We've, we've, as you probably saw this week, we've just partnered up as a strategic partner for the US Commercial Service and their 47 global franchise teams. Because there's franchisors that need advice of what they need to be doing when they come into the UK. And when I met the US t UK team for the, at the US Embassy this week, they didn't know what to do. They don't know who to talk to. Who can they recommend? So we're, we're laying on an event for them to meet suppliers to help them ensure that they've got solutions for brands that need advice going forward. And I, I think that's really important that they understand it's a journey and you have to take time. It's about patience. Don't run before you can walk. Slow it down. Take a step back. Am I doing the right thing? Have I got the commitment? Have I got the buy-in from the senior leadership team? Have I got the investment ready? What's the market like? What's the culture like? Buyer behavior. It's, it's so many different elements that you have to align yourselves with and understand before you go into that into a new market yeah and do you, do you think in the again i don't know if it's different in the uk but sometimes i think here in here in britain whether we're a bit too reserved and we don't shout enough about how successful like as a franchisor may not shout 
enough about how successful their franchisees are and we don't we can't amplify that enough if that makes sense like i don't know if we all do enough to really communicate just how successful franchising is because i think we always kind of revert back to talking about the big brands that everyone will know about so if someone asks me about franchising it's very easy to go well you know mcdonald's like and but actually what we should be doing is talking more about well you know that guy that come and cleans your oven or the guy that mows your lawn and and really kind of talking more about the success of franchising in general i just feel sometimes we don't do that enough over here i know and i think some i think everybody's probably partly to blame but it's an opportunity for the franchisee to really be doing because that's an opportunity for them to be growing their business out to their communities you know if you've got really good success you've got great testimonials then they need to be taking that to the market or reporting that back to head office for the marketing team to use it yes you're probably right we probably could all do a lot more out there um, it would be great to get into schools and education and educate the future generation of franchising. Um, but you're right, we, we don't talk about it enough or we don't use enough areas to talk about franchising outside franchising. We all fish in the same pond and we need to be more creative and look outside. And if you're into food and beverage, then look at the food magazines to send press releases because they're, they're great stories that were open doors. That's the, where you lead print into digital because you need that brand awareness you need to be storytelling in every opportunity available and it also as a franchisee it's your responsibility to grow your brand and your customer base and you would want to be out there shouting at your local community schools and football clubs and sports areas and leisure centers and chamber of commerce and stuff like that it's 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 opportunities that we could also be educating the franchisees to be doing as they come on board yeah yeah, no, absolutely. And, it, and, and the role of print now as well. I mean, that, that's the other thing, isn't it? When it comes to franchise recruitment, there aren't many channels available to franchisors to advertise their opportunity, is there? Like you, no. you've, got, you've got search, so you've got, you've got digital, you've got shows, and then you've got print. Like there isn't really anywhere outside of those areas, really. So it shows you, and I think like you say, I, I, I'm a big believer as well of that you've got to be across no one activity is going to be successful as doing a range of activities together like that that's that's got to be part of what people look to do it has got to be a total mix as far as i'm aware you you need to spread it out you need to look at where you're marketing you also need to look a bit more at, at the data of where you're marketing you know if you are looking at a certain area what's in happening in that area and look at the buyer behavior because there's a lot of franchisors not necessarily in the uk but probably abroad that chase their comp competition and spend their money because they don't want to be left behind. You've got to take a step back, do your journey, do your vision at your pace. You know, it doesn't matter what house is happening. There, there may be a massive, massive trend in children and education. Don't jump on it. Just focus on your bit and it, you will become up to that level at your time when you are ready. Because it's also about looking after your franchisees and building that foundation and consolidating consolidating them so that they are happy and they are functioning so you can then continue to grow into different areas yeah and, and one of the big one of the big things that you you guys obviously do is is the international side of things and um it does feel like that maybe not that many uk brands have have got I, there are obviously uk brands that have been successful and some really good stories around it but probably not as much as they could do like how do you see that playing out in the future and what what i mean print seems like the obvious role like if you're looking to expand into other territories like what would you say to to franchisors in the uk it, it, it was quite interesting because the bfa recently did a um 
webinar international series with different associations and we there was a lot of interest from the UK franchisors about going international there was probably about 20 franchisors on the the webinar with the Franchise Council of Australia and looking and we, we were joking about it but there was a lot of interest about taking the UK pavilion abroad and that's something that Pip and Emily are, are working very closely with us on glo going global there is a lot of demand but we need to make sure that they're ready because it does cost a lot of money um, and as you know, Sean's out in Australia right now working the show in Sydney and having a great time. But it's a really good show uh, run by the team at Specialised Events. But international brands going out, we've seen a lot of brands. Get a Drip just done the New York show. You know, They had a really successful show with Jess and Rich and they're, they're doing a lot more shows. We're seeing Donna Shack going out from the UK. We're seeing Heavenly Desserts now looking at the US market. So there's a lot of brands going out and doing their research, but it's also about having feet on the ground and understanding that market before you go um, and doing a strategy. It's about building a campaign. Don't just, and that's what I said to uh, various people in Denver last week when I presented as keynote speaker. Great going to shows, but don't just set, turn up at an ex a show and expect you're going to find that magic person that's going to become your master franchisee. You know, you need a campaign. You need strategy. You need a three-month lead-in, building up who you are, what is the brand, your, your ambitions, very similar to what Wendy's did, exhibited the show, and then a three-month marketing campaign after that to follow up, you know, because people will turn up to shows, disappear, and then come back, and then everybody forgets about them. Wendy's did it right, um, and we generated over 400 leads for Wendy's. You know, they did it slowly. They did a bit of marketing, focused on digital, did a major press release, and they've opened five stores this year. I, it's about having a strategy and talking to your consultants, marketing agencies for the best advice going forward. Um, but I do, I do see international growing, and I think that's the only way we're going to grow the UK right now going forward, because I do think that we're not seeing the numbers of exhibitors in the UK that we used to see over the years, going back probably 10 years, and the growth area is international. And it's about aligning yourselves with the right partners to bring those international brands in and support them going forward. And I think that's really key. It's something we can facilitate and work with. As I said, we've had many conversations, Adam, the same as I have with various other consultants and agencies around the world. It's about education again. It comes back to that magic word. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. But I, I agree. I think in, I think there's so many UK brands that, that could do so well internationally. Um, and mm. it'll be exciting to see how that kind of works out in, in the next few years. Just going back, and you, you touched on it a bit, um, earlier but I think this is kind of a big thing because it is about content isn't it like and when people are are advertising or having editorials in, in your magazines do you think they like franchisors messaging or they put enough thought into their messaging all the time because um, it, it's quite easy isn't it that sometimes I still see kind of titles which are you know have you thought about getting into franchising or they're quite kind of generic terms but mm. like you said it's really so much of it is about the person you're trying to target and why they're looking to invest in the franchise much more. Like, do you, do you think there's enough thought goes into the content and messaging from franchisors? I think you could say no, but you could also say yes, because there is franchisors that do do that and spend a lot of time on their marketing. And I do think there's franchisors that probably could do a lot better, but they need to be guided, you know, not necessarily their fault. They need to be guided by the various content teams throughout the industry that publish publications, especially on websites as well. You know, it's about, we talk about Google Analytics and uh, engagement. 
every press release should be different. Sending out a press release out to every single website only gets registered on Google once. You know, you don't create your own identity. You've got to mix it up. You've got to do a different story to a different audience. So yes, you may have to tweak it or the content team may have to tweak it and work with you. But we've made some changes here that I'm happy to talk about. As you know, we've, we've, we're seeing, um, we've got a new content team that started last week. Um, sad to see Kieran go and Ragaf's leaving. Um, Jeff has left after 20 years. But we've moved our content team into the business side of the division with the journalists at the newspapers. So they are now working on leadership articles. You know, they're working on serious content and making it more journalistic because that will lead on to digital because people will be engaging and going to find out more. And that's where the mix, because you need to drive that awareness. You need to drive that intent of interest you know it's, it's about that journey and i think the content has to be different it has to be more i bought a franchise because i thought it was a good idea well that's not necessarily the right idea is it franchisors are looking for people that want to become ambassadors for their brand they're looking for serious investors that want to go on a journey with them not necessarily for five years or ten years they want them to be there for life so that they're building security and they are proud ambassadors in locations around their country franchisors are really passionate about that and I think it's about a marriage. You're entering into a partnership and you've both got to have the same kind of commitment and finding those kind of investors is tough and franchisees. But it comes back to the messaging and how we, we adapt. Every time it's going to change. Of course, we are in an, an evolving industry. Um, and the question is, we should be thinking about ahead now. You know, We should be thinking about the Birmingham show. We should be thinking how we're going to drip feed that. The exhibitors are going there. What can they be doing now to get interest in September so people make those mark those dates in the diary? Yeah, no, no, d definitely, definitely. And how do you see over the coming years? Like, I, I know, I know you guys. Like you said at the start, like you're very kind of um, on top of trends and the future and all those different kind of things. How do you see the future of print advertising, and and how you guys are going to shape that over the next few years? I mean, we, we, we're on a, we, we have a new CEO and she's fantastic, uh, Rebecca Miskin, who's joined us uh, from uh, NEC, um, NBC Universal. And she's really passionate and the whole family are committed. We're going on digital transformation. Digital is the way forward, but print still has a part to play. So now it's about building data pots, understanding who our audience is, understanding the buyer behavior, breaking down the demographics, breaking down the sectors of their, their interests, skill sets. And we've just invested heavily in a data management platform that we're rolling out across our, our digital platforms. We're working really hard on our engagement and also content, you know. So, yes, we are working on digital subscriptions because one of our sister publications, uh, Stylist Magazine, printing 60,000 copies a month. They've now got 3.3 million digital subscribers, you know, so they've come away from print. And that's what's happening across all the platforms. It's about how you build your, your subscription base over the next few years. And the same as um, Washington Post and uh, I'm trying to remember, New York Times. New York Times wanted to have 10 million subscribers by 2030. And they've got 7 million subscribers already because they've, they've adapted. But people are still reading magazines on mobile phones, smartphones when they're traveling. So print still has a part to play, but it's about how you build it into the, the solution that you offer the client. Yeah, I, I think I think print definitely has a part. I still get your magazines through the post and like it, they, they stay in the house and you pick them up and you read them. They're a physical thing, aren't they? Which, 
you know, remain, and I will say this to franchisors, why it's good to post your brochure out, because actually having a physical document that's in the house that you can pick up and you keep, and it's on a bookshelf and it's there, um, that can't and ever that's be... That's re- that's re- and the feedback we get from that, you know, Adam, the, the people that have been in the UK, that have been into the airports and see what franchise, global franchise, businesswoman, you know, they take it and they read it, you know, I was on a plane to Denver and someone had a copy of what franchise is next to me, and I'm like, oh, that's our mag, and we had a conversation, because he was interested in franchising in Denver, but he bought a, took a UK magazine. But it was an opportunity to see that people are interested if the content and the messaging on generates that interest from the from the word go. You know, so it's about how you put it, where you place it, and the footfall that you are targeting. You know, we we work really hard on um, sending copies out to business schools because everybody wants to go to run their own business. But why why are we not invest in a, a ready-made business format? You've done all the qualifications at business school. This is an opportunity. Take a brand and grow it and use what you've learned. You know, corporate offices all over London, Birmingham, Manchester, we have copies in there because people are picking up. And we move it around because our distributors are really, really strong on how many copies there are being there. We, we move it around. Supermarkets. We invest heavily to put it in supermarkets to engage people that are walking in to like Waitrose and Marks and Sparks, Spencers, as they say, you know, because it's important and Sainsbury's but we do have a lot of pickups in there because it's generating interest and that's key and we will continue to use that investment to help to get the message out to a wider audience and that's the key is where is the audience and who is the audience Um, and we have to start moving around and being more strategic about how we approach that yeah no absolutely Richard, I think it's been it's been brilliant to chat to you, and I think um, there's so many good things in there that franchisors could um, could take away. What what's the best way to contact you if uh, if anyone's interested in speaking further? Uh, come via the website, or everybody can connect with me on LinkedIn, or come via Adam. You know, we work with everybody. We've been around for a long time. We're really passionate. We're on this journey. As I said, the culture is we're here to support you on your journey long term, and we will be available to help support come up with ideas and work with you to grow your brands and uh, and enjoy the good times ahead so thank you richard for coming on to the show adam what did you make of the the conversation that um you very much led that one? <laughs> were you there i was there ah okay uh, but i was just enjoying listening to your chat okay um, yeah, sorry, I get a bit carried away in those um, those interviews. But uh, firstly, it was great to hear Richard's story. Um, known him for a long time, but probably didn't know his history and just how long he'd been working in the sector. I mean, his passion for franchising comes through massively. And um, I thought what he was saying about about awareness around franchising is a big thing. Like, we, we probably end up kind of touching on it on every show, really, that... But I think he's right. The, the way you get to that is by everyone in the sector trying to work together and trying to educate as much as possible. And actually what you realise from talking to him during the conversation is that print plays a massive part in that. I don't think we always think about just how much awareness print can create if if the, the magazines are on aeroplanes and they're in gyms and they're at coffee shops and all these different places, um, business locations, etc. How many people a day are picking up those magazines and becoming aware of franchising and franchise opportunities? And there aren't many things out there which do that. Mm. I thought it was interesting what you said about how it's changed over the last 20 years. Like 20 years ago, you just like send them everywhere and like just sort of hope for the best. But now it's like very much more targeted in terms of like where the magazines go and where they end up. So they're like seen by the right people. 
well, that was a good point. Yeah, know. well, it's not a, it, it's not a numbers game, is it? No. They, if you can get the the magazines in front of the right people, I mean, I think the work at the airports is is a perfect mm. example, isn't it? Um, and and all those places in in business, you know, receptions and all those different kind of areas where probably the profile potential franchisees could be, it, it makes complete sense. And I thought when he talked about the kind of history of it, the the transformation from print to digital, I think the two things have to work together. And I think that's why those publications have been so successful that they they do work hand in hand. And there is an opportunity for print and digital as a package to work together in that way. One of the things I've noticed over the last few years of making like the franchise marketing show and the mob show um, is that, people outside of franchising don't really know about what franchising is and like in the interview yourself you i've heard you say this a few times but like when someone outside franchising asks you about it you immediately talk about mcdonald's or like or how that works but really you should be like you should be talking about the guy who cleans your oven or like where you like for example like where i take my two-year-old to go like um like dancing to like dance class and stuff like that um so it's interesting like how do you get people outside of franchising to, to learn about what franchising is because like they, they would have daily different um, relationships with it and different co- like areas of contact with franchising but not necessarily know, know about it yeah I, I've stopped now saying like have you yeah where yeah I, I now when someone asks me because you say what do you do I well run a marketing agency that works in the franchise sector what what's you know everyone has heard of franchising but they kind of ask a bit more about it. And I used to just say, yeah, probably like everyone else, well, you've heard of McDonald's like that. that, Oh, and people kind of understand that, but I don't now. I kind of say, well, actually you'd be surprised in, you know, how often you come across a franchise business. It's probably the guy that cleans your oven or cuts your lawn or the, the music class your child goes through like to, et cetera, et cetera. And people are often like, wow. Yeah. So I think a little bit of it, that the first part is everyone. And Richard says this himself, like it, it's down to collaboration and working together that we all need to be a bit more vocal about the sector mm. and try and explain it a bit more. I mean, if if everyone who works in franchising and every franchisee and everyone who works for a franchisee started to do that, then it, it would create more of an awareness, wouldn't it? Um, but I think this is where print plays a really important part, actually. And I, I think it was only through the discussion I, I, I actually thought about it. I think it's very easy to get caught in the trap where you think with <clears throat> print publications in franchising that, they're there to advertise franchise opportunities, which of course they are, mm. but they're actually doing a job on behalf of the sector because their publications going out there, which um, promote the the benefits of franchising, aimed at people that probably don't have any awareness around franchising. Um, they're not like the portals. The portals get found when someone searches for a franchise. When someone p- picks up a franchise publication, that might be their first introduction to franchising. They might start flicking through it and just be, you know shocked at all the different types of sectors and opportunities that are in there so the print publications and the work that Richard does is actually really really important for the awareness of franchising and and I've maybe never kind of thought about that enough because the fact that people can pick it up on an aeroplane they can find it in a gym or in a business premises that's that's an active thing out there at the moment which is doing good for everyone in the sector and that that's actually really important isn't it it's one of the things which is helping to build awareness and, it, and when you try and think of other things out there which are actively doing that day by day that people can pick up and find and be educated on franchising there isn't endless things 
out there. So it has yeah. a really important part, I think, in the future of of educating people on franchising. Yeah, I think I've noticed since I've started working with Coconut, like I notice franchises everywhere as well. Like a van will drive past and be like, that's a franchise. Or like I'll be walking in town and there'll be like a, a new uh, like burger thing opening and be like, that's a franchise. And it's just because you're in that world, you sort of realise it and see it everywhere. Uh, and I think the more, like Richard said, the more you're talking about it and you're spreading that word, the more other people will realise that too. Uh, and I think it's like it's different in the UK. You say this in the interview as well, where like people in the UK don't necessarily shout about it when they're running their business. They don't shout about it as much. Whereas like in the US, it's kind of like ingrained of like that's how you set up a business. Is like franchise it, franchise, 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 like, and that's kind of like built into everyone. So I think it's interesting the difference. So it'll be interesting to see over the next few years how that changes and if that changes. Yeah, well, I think we're still having this conversation again in. <laughs> well, I think I think the part of it is that um, I think the the term like fishing in the same pond, like that that is true, isn't it? There's only ever a certain size pond of people looking for a franchise. I suppose fish in the mm. pond <laughs> of people are looking for franchising. Um, and it's how do we fish outside of that pond? How do we go and fish in other ponds to find people that um, would be perfect profile franchisees? Again, this is part of the role that Richard and his team are doing, obviously. But I think every every franchisor needs to think about how they can expand outside of just the people looking at franchising. How can they educate other people? How in the sector can we do that as well? Mm. Um, it, it's going to take time, isn't it? But it's all part of you know the evolution of the of the awareness in franchising, I think. Yeah. One of the other things which I think is really important, we touched on it in the interview, but I, I read the franchise publications um, every month. They, they come from my door. I always look through. And the one thing which I think, and I, I think Richard's right, like it's not always the case. Some people do as well. Some people don't. But often you see an advert and you just think, is that really going to spark an interest of someone? Let, let's Let's say... You sat on an aeroplane. You pick up this franchise magazine. It's the first time you've you've ever come across franchising, and you're just looking through, and the headline's something like "Looking for the perfect franchise" or something like that. Like you see a lot of that, or like number one sector franchise. That that kind of headline. Yeah. And I, I do think this is where lots of businesses can spend money on print or or these type of things and this applies to probably every marketing channel but actually the messaging is quite weak and probably doesn't do them any favors that guy in the airplane you've got to try and appeal to some sort of pain that he he has in his life that he wants to move away from like he's probably on an airplane thinking i don't want to travel for work yeah, anymore yeah. i i would love to um you know i'd love to take control of my career or work from home with these different things that, that's the messaging that needs to come across. And I think that's one thing which my perception when I read through this, like the publications, is there is a lot of good messaging, but every now and then you read something, you think, I know that's a brilliant franchise yeah. opportunity, but actually you're really not getting across the, the problem you can solve for that person who's picking up that publication. That's interesting because that's interesting you say that because when I'm interviewing people, I interview franchisees a lot and... I always ask the question, like, what made you choose this franchise? And it's never like that. In terms of a franchise, with everyone, like, if you chose, like, a care franchise, they'd all have the same answer to that question. And then you can have, like, a cleaning franchise, and it would be a different answer, but they'd all have the, the same answer. So they've all sort of had made the same decision because of, like, this, this same thing happened to them, whether they met the franchise or whether it was, like... Um, 
they just they they saw what franchisees were talking about. They all sort of have the same answer to that question. I think that's really interesting. So, how do you get them earlier in that, like in those print uh, campaigns and stuff like that? What's gonna What's gonna get them earlier? So, I think maybe you ask your franchisees that. Yeah. How to make that decision, and then you can take it back to that. You, you need to understand the solution that you're offering to people. Yeah. Like it, buying a franchise is a massive decision, and it will always start with. A pain of some yeah. sort, something they want more like freedom. Yeah, and like it, it could be, it could balance. be they've been made redundant. It could be that they've always dreamed of running their own business. It could be they want to spend more time with their family. I think coming out of COVID, it could be that they've worked from home for the last three years and they don't want to go back to commuting. All of these different kind of things, you need to somehow bottle up what what that kind of shared pain point is typically within your franchise network and the, and the way that you solve that for yeah. people. And that, that's that's the forward part of your advertising. All of your advertising should speak to that person. Often, content can be quite vanilla, I think, around franchising. So it is like we are the number one something franchise. You know, you're trying to appeal to everyone when actually, you know, I only need to appeal to this. These are the kind of people that we want to recruit. Let's make sure we're 100% talking to those people and really letting them know yeah. how we solve the issue. And that's what your content should be all around. And uh, as I say, I... I it's a bit too um it's a bit too broad to say that no franchises do that i think a lot of franchises do that really yeah, really yeah. well but you do occasionally look through and just think you know they they they're missing this slightly like if that this is someone's first introduction to franchising they're looking through they're reading they they need something to spark that wow this could be the thing that that takes this pain away this is the thing that could drive me to investing in a franchise and i think that that's a big part of it as so well. So should franchisors be sort of looking at their franchisees or maybe like the best ones, the ones they want more of, and looking at why they joined and then just replicating that and bringing that into all their marketing? Yeah, and it, it they may not tell you why they join. So that's why, fun, interestingly for you, when you video people... Yeah you'll find they'll probably tell you more about their backstory and yeah, why because the franchisor's not stood there over their shoulder yeah because <laughs> and and we we found that a lot we've done a lot of profiling of franchisees i also think if you ask a franchisee why did you why did you join the franchise mm. they'll give you an answer probably based on the fact well i joined it because i really liked this about the franchise yeah. so you need to ask that question again once they ask it's the question behind the question it's like yeah okay but what what was it that drove you to looking at franchising so, in the first yeah, place? A bit more like, detailed after that. Yeah, what what happened in your life to make you decide you're going to invest in a franchise? And and that's the bit you need to bottle up. Yeah. That's the really kind of big thing, um, which then needs to be the that's forefront a good of your marketing. I'm add that to my list. What happened in your life that made you want to? Yeah, yeah, and so, something's happened in their life. Like what what was it in your life that made you realise you wanted to run your own yeah. business or invest in a franchise? So another good question I ask is what would you, what did you do before? And that's always sort of that's always pretty similar what they did before. So I think that's quite interesting as mm. well. So it all paints the background of like their typical uh, franchisee as well. But yeah, that's a good question. I'm going to add that to my list. Yeah, it, it's a big one. So something that came up in this interview and our next interview, so I'm sort of teasing that for you as well, is the word recession. Um, what does the word recession mean to <laughs> fran to franchising in general? Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because the word recession. Is, is pretty negative in general um, and probably has a negative impact on everyone in some way. But within franchising, it, it's potentially something that could be exciting. I mean, it it works both ways, doesn't it? A recession may mean that your core business is impacted in certain ways. But I think if we're looking at it from a franchise recruitment point of view, then it, it could have positive implications. Um, 
where we are at the moment, I think, with franchise recruitment, and, and Richard said this, I thought he summed it up really well, is that at the moment, people don't necessarily know what they want to do. Like, we come out of COVID, they're working from home, they're quite comfortable, there's apparently a recession coming, all of these different things, which causes lots of uncertainty, and people are not quite sure what they want to do. Mm. I think what will happen is, once we go into a recession some of that uncertainty goes away because it, it's now happening and that forces people to to look to make decisions that they may be held off on or it also forces them to try and um, take control of things. Like they might be suddenly in a job that's the most secure thing in the world, a recession comes around and they, they think, actually, I need, to, I need to take control for myself. So I think it actually has a lot of positive implications for franchise recruitment if there is a recession. Richard said he's worked through two recessions in franchising, um, which... I've spoken to a lot of people that worked through the last recession, so 2008, yeah. and franchising did really well during that period. There was lots of redundancies. Whether that happens this time, I'm not sure. But the the interest in franchising for a two or three year period was was the highest it's been since Google Records started, for example. So history would tell us that a recession would not necessarily be a negative thing for franchise recruitment. Of course, in lots of other areas, it, it's not ideal. But I think franchisors need to be ready for it because it could be that we get to the point where interest in franchising really starts to peak mm. okay so it's gonna be interesting over the next year or so when that happens it will it will well i always do my whiteboard weekly updates like the franchise recruitment yeah. updates and it feels like for the last two or three years every time we're kind of like wow we think good times of franchising are coming something gets in the way to cause more uncertainty so like brexit was yeah. it felt like the barrier for ages were like well brexit once brexit's sorted we'll be fine and then it was like oh can we can we get a deal or not and then we got a deal and we're like oh that, that, now now it should be great franchising then covid come along that's caused more uncertainty covid maybe a bit more certainty comes around that then suddenly there's a war in ukraine yeah. and cost Literally, of living like the day the covid restrictions ended fucking ukraine gets invaded as well yeah yeah exactly so it feels like there's always been something and this uncertainty just means people are unsure what they want to do mm. but a lot of those things are kind of being ticked off now and and look it, it taking the uncertainty away and actually going into recession is not a positive in general but it does take that uncertainty away people now know okay well, we're in a recession and i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna do that so yeah. so yeah in, interesting times i think so that's it for this episode of the franchise marketing show um, thank you so much for richard for coming along onto the show and thank you, Adam, for joining me here in the studio as well. Thank it's you. absolutely boiling. Yeah, it's really hot. <laughs> like, I couldn't only imagine how shiny my head is. <laughs> you can't really tell it, but yeah, it is boiling in here. So we're going to stop recording right now and put the fan on. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time in episode three with Simon Chicken. Look Cheers. forward to it. It's going to be good. Cool. <laughs>